Welcome to another installment of Fighting for the Faith. My name is Chris Roseboro. I am your servant in Jesus Christ. This is the channel that compares what people are saying in the name of God to the Word of God. So have you heard of the non-existent New Apostolic Reformation? I mean, I know it, it exists, but you know, Dr. Michael Brown, the, uh, the, the doctor of obfuscation, the apostle of obfuscation, denies this thing even exists. Well, what we're going to do today, we're going to head over to the channel for a global awakening. Uh, this is Randy Clark's outfit. And Randy Clark recently had a, a summit, uh, a conference of some kind, and he invited Sammy Rodriguez. And we're just going to listen as, uh, as Randy Clark introduces Apostle Sammy Rodriguez, and we'll listen to the nonsense that today's so-called apostles engage in, including twisting God's word. Always the sign you're dealing with a wolf when somebody is manipulating and making void the actual word of God and not rightly teaching it, but using it as a, a pretext for what they want to preach about rather than rightly pointing you to what those biblical texts say. So let's uh, whirl up the desktop and uh, head on over to Global Awakening, and uh, we'll see what uh, Randy Clark has to say about so-called Apostle Sammy Rodriguez. And we'll do a little bit of the context here before he actually gets into his teaching uh, so that you can kind of see how the, it, the NAR shtick works. Here we go. Well, I love a man that's on fire. And here is a man who's on fire for God. <laughs> on fire, yeah, that's what happens to the people in hell. I love a man of faith, and here is a man of faith. I love, if you, you know, if you see the prophet and the prophets, and the name of a prophet, you see the prophet's reward. Righteous man in the name of a righteous man, you see the righteous man's reward. I believe if you're even an apostolic leader in the name of an apostolic leader, you're going to get the anointing and blessing of the apostolic going to come upon us. And so would you welcome. Mm. Let, me, let me back that up. Listen again. Okay, you're going to get the anointing and blessing of the apostolic going to come upon us. So if you receive an apostolic leader, you know, like Apostle Sammy Rodriguez, you're going to receive an apostolic reward. Here's the thing. Christ warns us regarding false Christ, false prophets, false teachers, people who come to us and, well, do things like this. Let, let me explain. So uh, what I'm going to do here, we're going to head on over to Matthew chapter 7. And let's see here. Enter by the narrow gate, Jesus says. Eh, that's kind of an important thing. For the, uh, for the gate is wide and the way is easy that leads to destruction. Those who enter it, uh, enter by it are many. For the gate is narrow, the way is hard that leads to life and those who find it are few. So beware of false prophets who come to you in sheep's clothing, but inwardly they are ravenous wolves. You'll recognize them by their fruits. Now, a little bit of a note here. What do we mean by fruits? All right, that you will recognize them by their fruits. This is going to include their doctrine. This is going to include how they handle a biblical text. If they can't rightly handle a biblical text and they are engaging in nonsense, obfuscation, uh, basically twisting and mangling God's word, that's a bad fruit. You'll recognize them by their fruits. Are, are grapes gathered from thorn bushes? Nah. How about figs from thistles? Not on your life. So every healthy tree bears good fruit. The diseased tree bears bad fruit. So we're going to check to see if this tree is diseased or not. And uh, I'm going to make 
the claim right here, you're probably going to be shocked to hear this, but I think Sammy Rodriguez is a diseased tree. And the fact that Randy Clark is promoting this diseased tree shows he's also one of those diseased tree, trees himself. So a healthy tree cannot bear bad fruit, nor can a diseased tree bear good fruit. Every tree that does not bear good fruit is cut down and is thrown into the fire. Yeah, you, you want to be on fire? Okay, uh, thus you will recognize them by their fruits. Not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of heaven, but the one who does the will of my Father who is in heaven. So on that day, many will say to me, Lord, Lord, did we not prophesy in your name and cast out demons in your name and do mighty works in your name? Sounds like the NAR. Right, because Jesus is prophesying about them. And I will declare to them, I never knew you. Depart from me, you workers of lawlessness. It, just, just keep that in mind. Keep that in mind. All right, let's continue. So would you welcome tonight a great preacher? Uh, a uh, we'll, we'll be the judges of that. That makes me jealous of his uh, the command and his alliteration and his anointing and his bravery. His so he's a Christos. He's an anointed one. Okay. Uh, a, a key leader amongst the Hispanics in this nation and around the world, Sammy Rodriguez, Apostle Sammy Rodriguez. No, he's not an apostle. Not at all. Praise the Lord. Can you stand for a moment here? Just for a moment. This is this is gonna be a this is gonna be a wham bam, thank you, Sam. No pun intended. I just wanna flow here and you wanna flow there and wham bam, thank you, Sam. No, that's not awkward or weird at all. Thank you again. I'm honored. I don't take these opportunities for granted. I don't. So he's been introduced as an apostle. I fear the Lord. I understand them as divine assignments and appointments. It's not a coincidence. It's not like calendar accommodation. Um, I know we're assigned to this. And again, to Apostle Randy and to your leader. Apostle Randy, really. To this entire family. Uh, to Tom, to Jeff, to the entire team. Just, I'm committed to you for such a time as this. And now we're twisting Esther. I truly, no hype, no joke. I know we're going to see something amazing. We're going to see some amazing things that we've never seen before. Mm, things, you know, see some amazing things like we've never seen before. And, and that's not like craziness. We, we really are. I feel like I need a prophecy bingo card. There are nations that are about to flip. Nations are going to flip? Woo! Can't wait. You're about, and I mean entire nations. Now, by the way, when I was in the charismatic movement in the latter reign back in the late 80s, oh, I heard prophecies like this about the, the billion souls harvest that is coming and things. They've been, they've been prophesying this for a long, long time, 30 years, more than that, more than that. The, the archaic way, and not in any sort of derogatory or condescending manner, but the archaic way of... Yeah, as soon as you called any church archaic, that's derogatory. Looking at revivals as some sort of mystical experience within the confines of a church. So, all right, revivals, mystical experiences, confines in a church. 
I would argue that if you have any concept of revival at all, then it's going to in- include the preaching of God's law to convict people of their sin and the preaching of Christ and him crucified for the forgiveness of our sins and him rising victoriously from the grave on the third day after he was crucified and him ascending into heaven and sitting at the right hand of the Father. And people in mass or in large quantities coming to real repentance and faith in Jesus for the forgiveness of their sins. I, I don't know what you mean by mystical experience, but if you're going to talk about revival, and you know, I, I think we can talk about it in terms like that, although I would quibble with some of the ideas that you know usually accompany revival. But I don't know what he's talking about, but here's what's happening. As I've been watching leaders in the NAR, a lot of them are trying to set the foundation for the, what they're claiming that there's, this is just around the corner, and here's Sam Rodriguez. Apostle Sam Rodriguez is, uh, it's, it's going to be outside of the confines of the church. Okay. Th- those days are long gone. Inst- What's with the fishing in, in, Instead of seeing a church having a revival, you're about to see entire cities under the glory of the risen Christ. Balagna. They, they've been saying this for decades. It, it, oh, the breakthrough is just around the corner, man. You're about to see some amazing things. And if, if you could only understand, and, and I know we're in Virginia, but. So all of this is to create the false impression that he can see the future, that God has prophesied, given this, this information, and he's there to let them know, oh man, the whole cities are going to be flipped and, and whole cities are going to be under the glory of God. No, they're not. And, and I'm not being uh, uh, egocentric or self-centered or narcissistic by referencing California, but yeah. you, you, you all think California has already gone to hell. It has not. Uh, so California apparently is going to become a, what exactly? A Christian nation? What if I tell you you're about to see California flip towards righteousness and justice, truth and love? When? Can you give me a date on that? Because your same group of people told us that COVID would be done in April of 2020, you know? Are they hearing anything from God? Nope. This isn't a message from God. Yeah, yeah, we're already seeing it. No, you're not. We're seeing it. Can you just lift up your hands for a moment? I just want to flow under the anointing. I, I just want to flow under the what? This is even, even the idea, I don't want to get into the minutia of, of, of identity segregation by, you know, descriptors and nomenclatures of classes, but without a doubt, he's not saying anything. There is a community that has infused the American collective demographical landscape, which is the the Hispanic Latino community. And the enemy intended this community to march through the rhythm of a certain drum of relativism. And somehow this community is about to emerge as just strong, integral members of the greatest awakening America has ever seen. 
filling these people's heads with things that God hasn't said, hasn't promised, and will not come to pass. So don't be bothered. The next great awakening may not have the last name, Finney, Moody, but it, or Edwards, or Whitfield, but it may have Rivera, Sanchez, Miranda, Colon. It may sound different. Okay, you have, hi. Hola, como estas? Guten Verde. So can, what's, help me out, Apostle, I honor you. That's this one. Some of the greatest pastors in America are the, are the lead pastors and apostles of this house. So I honor you. Apostles of that house. They're false apostles. They haven't been sent by Christ. The first lady. So Apostle Tony, help me out here. Where, where's north, south, east, and west? What, what, what would north? By the way, the name of the conference is VOA, Voice of the Apostles. Right that, now. That's why he's supposedly speaking there. And all these other apostles are there. North would be where? Would that be north? That's north. This would be south. That would be west. Can you all point that way real quickly in your hands? Father, in the name of Jesus. So now he's decreeing and declaring. Boy, that doesn't look weird, does it? Lord, I can't wait 10 years, five years, and I know that there's a sense of urgency. Lord, I want your glory to begin just shifting California towards right. Shift is a prophecy bingo word, so uh, this isn't a real prophecy. He's going to shift California. Justice and justice right now as I speak. So Holy smokes. <laughs> that doesn't look like Nazi Germany at all. So goes California, so goes the rest of the nation. It is the largest nation, a state in the nation, so it has economic, cultural impact. Lord, I pray for Los Angeles and Sacramento and San Francisco. These three cities will be known for the glory of the risen Christ. Do it now, my God. If you believe it, give God a shout of praise right now as we speak. Filling their heads with nonsense. Somebody shout greater things. Greater things. High five your neighbor and tell him greater things. The other neighbor doesn't want you to high five them. High five that neighbor and tell him greater things. Everyone high-fiving everybody over nothing. These are not words from God. Christ didn't give him these words. The Holy Spirit didn't give him these words. He's just making this stuff up. Blaming it on Jesus. Greater things, greater things. We're about to see greater things. You may be seated. We're about to see greater things. We're about to see greater things. We are about to see greater things. No, you're not. Greater things. We are about to see greater things. We are about to see greater things. Do you think that saying this over and over and over again and beating these people's brains into a pulp means that it's going to come true? We are about to see the glory of Jesus, the glory of God. Let me give you something real quick here. Luke chapter 5, verse 6. Open that up quickly. Luke chapter 5, verse 6. Now, now, now he's going to teach, apparently. Let's test to see if he's going to rightly handle a biblical text. On your iPhone, and if you're not born again, you're Android. Quickly, right now, please. Oh, I'm just kidding. Barely born again. Luke 5, 6. Barely, barely, barely. Yeah, Luke 5. I know what's in Luke 5. He's totally ignoring the context here because he's not wanting to actually teach what the Bible teaches here. Luke 5, 6. We're going to have a couple of individuals illustrate this. What's your name, buddy? Nick. Hi, Nick. Hi, how are you? Fantastic. You're fantastic. Nick is so cool. Nick, Nick, cool, Nick. This is Jason. Jason oversees security for our campuses in California. Um, 
right after 9-11, we just, you know, commemorated 20 years. Right after that, he joined our armed forces. He became an alpha team leader in Afghanistan and Iraq back in the early 2000s. Jason fought so you and I could have the freedom to preach that Jesus is the only way in these United States of America. Note that false prophets come in the name of Jesus. That's the sheep's clothing for the wolves. You can always tell them by their fruit, how they're handing a biblical text, how they're living their lives, things like that. That's the true Captain America here, a real Avenger. We were at a conference a few, we were at a conference a few uh, months ago in Chi-Town, um, and I was speaking at a Kojak conference. And in that conference, right before I just went, just a, just a great strong prophetic flow. Does anyone else think it's weird that he has to have a ginormous bodyguard like that? Is he a celebrity? Is he a head of state? Is he a congressman? Oh, oh maybe when you hit the apostolic level, you, you need security. Does anyone else think, think this is weird? All right, now, before we get to his twisting of the biblical text, let's take a look at a couple of stories here, because I know where he's going. And we're going to take a look at Luke 5 in context first, because remember, the three rules for sound biblical exegesis are context, context, and yeah, context. So that being said, let's take a look at it. Luke chapter 5, verse 1. On one occasion, while the crowd was pressing in on him to hear the word of God, this is about Christ, he was standing by the lake of Gennesaret, which is the Sea of Galilee, by the way, and he saw two boats by the lake, but the fishermen had gone out of them and were washing their nets. Two boats, fishermen washing nets, getting into one of the boats, which was Simon's, he asked him to put out a little from the land, and he said, sat down, and he taught the people from the boat. And when he had finished speaking, he said to Simon, put out into the deep and let down your nets for a catch. Now, a little bit of a note here. Uh, net fishing of this type at this time, well, it was done at night because fish can see the net. And if you can see the net, you can, you know, you get the idea. And, and so this is no way to do net fishing on the Sea of Galilee. Uh, Peter knows this. So Simon answered, Master, we toiled all night and we took nothing. But at your word, I'll let down the nets. And so when they had done this, they enclosed a large number of fish and their nets were breaking. And they signaled to their partners in the other boat to come and help them. And they came and they filled both boats so that they began to sink. But when Simon Peter saw it, he fell down at Jesus' knees saying, depart from me for I am a sinful man, O Lord. Now, this is where we wanna talk about revival. Maybe we can start here. So this particular sign, this really got Simon Peter's attention. Why? Simon's a fisherman. Simon has business partners. They got two boats working together. And, uh, and he knows full well uh, that, uh, uh, well, a catch of fish so large as this is worth a ton of money. 
And Jesus has the ability to, via a word, to make it so that you get a large catch of fish like this. And what is Jesus? A poor, itinerant preacher from Nazareth. Jesus could be the wealthiest man in all of Galilee. And what is he doing? He's preaching about the kingdom of God, calling sinners to repent. Jesus is a repentance preacher. And seeing this miracle, Peter recognizes that he's in the presence of the holy, and he is really profoundly aware of just how unholy he is. All of us should pay attention because none is righteous. No, not one. Not you, not me, not nobody. All have sinned. All fall short of the glory of God. So he says, depart from me. I'm a sinful man, O Lord. He recognizes he's in the presence of the holy. For he who were, he and all who were with him were astonished at the catch of fish that they had taken. And so were James and John, sons of Zebedee, who were partners with Simon. They were all astonished. So note that Peter here is not only speaking for himself, he's speaking for all of them. All right. Whoa, what is going on here? And what does Jesus say? Jesus said to Simon, do not be afraid. From now on, you will be catching men. And when they had brought their boats to land, they left everything. And they followed Jesus. Wow. Jesus says, don't be afraid. And he gives them an assignment, if you would, to become catchers of men. And that's exactly what Peter did. He, what, he became the great apostle Peter. You know, now granted, he had a pretty sketchy career as a disciple and, and as an apostle, but the one thing he did, he preached Christ and him crucified for our sins. This same Peter, if we were to kind of think of it, this same Peter, he, he writes these amazing words in his uh, first epistle, uh, first Peter. Uh, Peter, an apostle of Jesus Christ, and this is a real apostle, and I want you to compare what you hear a real apostle of, of Jesus saying to what you hear Sammy Rodriguez saying. Just pay attention to the difference. It's stark. So he says, to those who are elect exiles of the dispersion, and that's a picture of all Christians. We are all elect exiles. We have not seen our homeland yet, which is the new earth. We are elect exiles of the dispersion, Pontus, Galatius, Cappadocia, Asia, Bithynia, according to the foreknowledge of God in the sanctification of the Spirit for obedience to Jesus Christ and for sprinkling with his blood. May grace and peace be multiplied to you. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. According to his great mercy, he has caused us to be born again to a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead, to an inheritance that is imperishable, undefiled, unfading, kept in heaven for you, who by God's power are being guarded through faith for a salvation ready to be revealed in the last time. In this you rejoice, though now for a little while, if necessary, you have been grieved by various trials, so that the tested genuineness of your faith, more precious than gold that perishes, though it is tested by fire, may be found to result in praise and glory and honor at the revelation of Jesus Christ. Though you have not seen him, you love him. Though you do not see him now, you believe in him and rejoice with joy that is inexpressible, filled with glory, obtaining the outcome of your faith, which is the salvation 
of your souls. Concerning this salvation, the prophets who prophesied about the grace that was to be yours searched and inquired carefully, inquiring what person or time the Spirit of Christ in them was indicating when he predicted the sufferings of Christ and the subsequent glories. It was revealed to them that they were serving not themselves, but you in the things that have now been announced to you through those who preached the good news to you by the Holy Spirit sent from heaven, things to which angels even long to look. So preparing your minds for action, be sober-minded, set your hope fully on the grace that will be brought to you at the revelation of Christ. As obedient children, do not be conformed to the passions of your former ignorance, but as he who called you is holy, you also be holy in all your conduct, since it is written, you shall be holy, for I am holy. And if you call on him as father who judges impartially according to each one's deeds, conduct yourselves with fear throughout the time of your exile, knowing that you were ransomed from the futile ways inherited from your forefathers, not with perishable things, such as silver or gold, but with the precious blood of Christ, like that of a lamb without blemish or spot. Okay? So you'll note, uh, Peter seems to be obsessed with what? Preaching Jesus, right? And even this same Peter then warns us. This same Peter warns us about false prophets and false teachers. So here's 2 Peter chapter 2. But false prophets also arose among the people, just as there will be false teachers among you who will secretly bring in destructive heresies, even denying the master who bought them, bringing upon themselves swift destruction. Many, sadly, this is true, many will follow their sensuality, and because of them, the way of truth will be blasphemed. In their greed, they will exploit you with false words. Their condemnation from long ago is not idle, and their destruction is not asleep. For if God did not spare angels when they sinned, but cast them into hell, and committed them to chains of gloomy darkness to be kept until the judgment, if he did not spare the ancient world, but preserved Noah, a herald, a preacher of righteousness, with seven others when he brought a flood upon the world of the ungodly, if by turning the cities of Sodom and Gomorrah to ashes, he condemned them to extinction, making them an example of what is going to happen to the ungodly. And if he rescued righteous Lot, greatly distressed by the sensual conduct of the wicked, for as that righteous man lived among them day after day, he was tormenting his righteous soul over their lawless deeds and he saw that he saw and heard. Then the Lord knows how to rescue the ungodly from trials, or sorry, to rescue the godly from trials, and to keep the righteous un, uh, unrighteous under punishment until the day of judgment, especially of those who indulge in the lust of defiling passion and despise authority. Bold and willful, they do not tremble as they blaspheme the glorious ones, whereas angels, though greater in might and power, do not pronounce a blasphemous judgment against them before the Lord. But these, like irrational animals, creatures of instinct, born to be caught and destroyed, blaspheming about matters of which they are ignorant, also will also be destroyed in their destruction, suffering wrong as the wage for their wrongdoing. They will they count it pleasure to revel in the daytime. They are blots and blemishes, reveling in their deceptions while they feast with you. They have eyes full of adultery, insatiable for sin. They entice unsteady souls. They have hearts trained in greed. Accursed children, forsaking the right way, they have gone astray. They have followed the way of Balaam, the son of Beor, who loved gain from wrongdoing. 
but was rebuked for his own transgression. A speechless donkey spoke with a human voice and restrained the prophet's madness. These are waterless springs, mists driven by a storm. For them, the gloom of utter darkness has been reserved. For speaking loud boasts of folly, they entice by sensual passions of the flesh those who are barely escaping from those who live in error. They promise them freedom, but they themselves are slaves of corruption. For whatever overcomes a person to that, he is enslaved. For if after they have escaped the defilements of the world through the knowledge of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, they are again entangled in them and overcome, then the last state has become worse for them than the first. For it would have been better for them to never have known the way of righteousness than after knowing it to turn back from the holy commandment delivered to them. What the true proverb says has happened to them. The dog returns to its own vomit and they sow and the sow after washing herself returns to wallow in the mire. So that's Peter, the real apostle preaching about false prophets, false teachers like Sammy Rodriguez and Randy Clark. Now, I would note, Randy Clark is going to add a second text here. So, we've already taken a look at what's going on in Luke 5 with the call of Peter and James and John, uh, the sons of Zebedee, and we can see what's, what's happening here. This is a very clear text when you put it back in context, but we'll watch what Sammy Rodriguez is going to do with it, but he's going to add one more portion of scripture. If you remember, that on the night that Jesus was betrayed... Uh, when Jesus was on trial at the, at the house of the high priest, Caiaphas, uh, you'll remember that uh, Peter showed up to watch the trial. And there was a, a slave girl who, you know, and, and Peter was warming his hands by a charcoal fire. Remember that? Jesus had told Peter, you're going to, before the rooster crows three times, you're going to deny me three times. And Peter says, no, I'll never deny you or whatever. Well, Jesus turned out to be right. And Peter, after denying Christ three times while warming his hands over a charcoal fire, remember that little bit, um, you know, and, and basically betraying Christ to a slave girl, right? Uh, Peter needs to, well, be restored because scripture is very clear. Uh, Christ says, the one, the one who denies me before men, I will deny before the Father. So Peter has committed an egregious sin against Christ by denying him three times. But Christ, if you remember, Peter said, uh, Jesus said to Peter, uh, when he told him that he was going to deny him, I have prayed for you that your faith may not fail. And so in John chapter 21, you have an interesting passage. And I'm going to add a little bit of the Greek here so you can see what's going on. And then knowing that this is similar to what we see going on in Luke 5. Remember, Peter was uh, called to be a fisher of men by Christ, and there was a miraculous catch of fish involved. Remember that? So, um, Here's what John 21 says. After this, Jesus revealed himself again to the disciples by the Sea of Tiberias. He revealed himself in this way. Simon Peter, Thomas, called the twin, Nathaniel of Cana and Galilee, the sons of Zebedee, and two others of his disciples were together. Simon Peter said to them, I'm going fishing. So they said to him, we will go with you. And they went out, got into the boat, but that night they caught nothing. Sound familiar? It should. So just as day was breaking, Jesus was on the shore, yet the disciples did not know that it was Jesus. And Jesus said to them, children, do you have any fish? And they answered him, no. 
And he said to them, cast the net on the right side of the boat and you'll find some. This sounds a lot like Luke 5, right? So they cast it, and now they were not able to haul it in because of the quantity of the fish. That disciple whom Jesus loved therefore said to Peter, it's the Lord. And when P and Simon Peter heard that it was the Lord, he put out his outer garment, for he was stripped for work and threw himself into the sea. And the other disciples came in the boat, dragging the net full of fish, for they were not far from the land, but about 100 yards off. But when they got onto the land, they saw a charcoal fire in that place with fish laid out on it and bread. And Jesus said to them, bring some of the fish that you've caught. All right. So note, they saw a charcoal fire. That was one of the details regarding the um, denial of Jesus by Peter. And you remember the charcoal fire was a place where he <laughs> thrice denied Christ. All right. So... Jesus said to them, bring some of the fish that you've caught. So Simon Peter went aboard and hauled the net ashore full of large fish, 153 of them. And although there were so many, the net was not torn. And Jesus said to them, come and have breakfast. Now, none of the disciples dared to ask him, who are you? They knew it was the Lord. Jesus came and took the bread and gave it to them. And, and so with the fish, this was now the third time that Jesus was revealed to the disciples after he was raised from the dead. And when they had finished breakfast, Jesus said to Simon Peter, and here's where you need a little bit of Greek to help. Simon, son of John, do you love me more than these? Now, Jesus is asking him, agape, do you agape me more than these? And so agape is that unconditional love. Um, and Peter answers using a different Greek word. He said to him, yes, Lord, you know that I phileo, that I phileo you, that I love you. But the Greek word's different. Jesus asked, do you agape me? And he said, yes, Lord, I phileo. Think Philadelphia, brotherly love. Phileo is a, is a, is, is a different type of love than agape. And Peter, due to the fact that he denied Christ three times, I, I, I think he's ashamed, you know. I think he's recognizing that he doesn't have a right to say that he agapes Jesus. Because had he said, oh, I agape you, Lord, uh, it would be all too easy for Jesus to say, then why'd you deny me three times? So he's, he's cautious here because of his own sin. Remember, he said, away from me, Lord, for I am a sinful man. This is kind of the subtext of this. Yes, Lord, you know that I phileo you. And he said to him, feed my lambs. And he said to him a second time, Simon, son of John, do you, and here we go again, agape, do you agape me? And he said to him, yes, Lord, you know that I phileo you. And Jesus said to him, tend my sheep. And he said to him a third time, and this is where it's really kind of poignant, Simon, son of John, do you phileo me? And Peter was grieved because he said to him the third time, do you phileo me? That's why he's grieved. Jesus takes it down to phileo. And he said to him, Lord, you know everything. And you know that I phileo, that I love you. And Jesus said to him, feed my sheep. Note, three times Peter denied Christ. Three times Jesus says, feed my sheep, feed my lambs, tend to them. 
He's restoring him. Jesus continues, Truly, truly, I say to you, when you were young, you used to dress yourself and walk wherever you wanted. But when you are old, you will stretch out your hands and another will dress you, carrying you to where you do not want to go. And he said this to show by what kind of death Peter was to glorify God. And after saying this, he said to him, follow me. So Jesus here, what's really interesting is that Peter denied Christ three times because he didn't want to die. You know, he was trying to save his own bacon. But there's a day coming for Peter when he will be made to stretch out his hands and be crucified the way Christ was except for he didn't consider himself worthy. Jesus prophesied the death of Peter, and when he was brought to the infield of the circus of Nero, which is where he was crucified, uh, upon seeing that his fate was to be crucified like Christ, he protested and said, I am not worthy to die in the same manner as my Lord. And so the Romans said, fine, have it your way. And they, hunt, they crucified him upside down instead. It took him three days to die. Three days. So all of that being said, you can kind of see what's going on here in these texts. Well, how much do you want to wager that Apostle Sam Rodriguez isn't going to rightly handle these biblical texts at all? He's going to do Luke 5, verse 6. He's going to do something from John 21. But watch what he does with this. This is proof positive. We're dealing with a wolf and a false apostle. And God gave, Jason again was a, uh, actually, just recently, he's, he actually was involved in helping evacuate American citizens from Afghanistan, bringing them back home. So, so he's still involved. But he, he goes with me for a conference and, 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 and he helps me illustrate sermons and helps me out as my assistant. And man, we went to a conference all of a sudden, he gets a word a word about that just pretty powerful on how he's going to head back to Iraq and he's going to head back to Afghanistan, but this time with a different mission. And the mission is to reap a harvest of souls in those respective countries. So I'm believing that. He loves Jesus. He's filled with the Holy Spirit. And this is what happened when you love Jesus, you're full of God's spirit and you have steroids. Let's continue with the word of God here quickly. Please. I'm sorry, I'm sorry. Creatine. <laughs> uh, taught my faith. Let's see what happens. Yeah, creatine. Luke chapter five, verse six. Verse six. When they had done this, this is Jesus, his introduction to his disciples. This is the way they met. This is pretty amazing. Watch this. When they had done this, they enclosed a great quantity of fish. You know the story. They were fishing, caught nothing. Jesus looks at him and says, hey, God. Why are you talking about the story as if the meaning is apart from the story? You, you can't rightly handle this biblical text without all of those details. Guys, what are you guys doing? We're fishing. We caught. We fish all night. We have caught. And Jesus said, you caught nothing, huh? We'll cast your net to the right. And, and they did. This is, this is the first encounter. When they had done this, they enclosed a great quantity of fish and their nets began to break. Here it is, which is pretty interesting to me. I assure you their nets were much more impressive than that. Jesus tells them to do something. They did, and yet this was the outcome. Hmm. Hmm. 
Three and a half. No, that wasn't the outcome. That wasn't the outcome. The outcome was that they caught the fish and Simon, the Zebedee brothers, they were astonished and Peter knelt at Jesus' knees saying, depart from me, I'm a sinful man. For he and all who were with him were astonished at the catch of fish that they had taken. And so were James and John, the sons of Zebedee, who were partners with Simon. And Jesus said to Simon, do not be afraid. From now on, you'll be catching men. And they left everything and they followed Jesus. That's what it resulted in. The broken net, that's not the result. That's something different. Years later, same group of men, same setting, same production, and this is what happens three and a half years later. John 21, 11. So Simon... P John 21, 11. You're not even going to tell the story. You're just going to take these verses out of context, which is proof that he is interested in preaching his own message rather than helping you understand what these texts really mean. Peter went aboard and... That's not the behavior of a real apostle of Jesus Christ. The net to the there were 153 large fish, and yet the net did not break. Now, y'all missed it. Same God, same Jesus, he gives us the same identical word to the same group of people, and yet a different outcome. No, same outcome, because now Peter is reestablished, and he becomes the apostle Peter. He's restored. Same God, same word, different outcome. No, same outcome. Sorry, but I mean, this is just how this works. So when they got on land, bring some of the fish, come have some breakfast. Simon, do you love me? Yes, yes, yes. And truly, I tell you that you, you're, when you were young, you used to dress yourself, walk wherever you wanted. But when you're old, you stretch out your hands and you will dress and, and another will dress you and carry you to where you do not want to go. He said this to show by what kind of death Peter was to glorify God. And after saying this, he said, follow me. Follow me. Hmm. That seems to sound familiar with, and they left everything and followed Jesus. That was the result. What he's going on about has nothing to do with what these texts are about. So what's the subject matter? What has the Spirit of God placed in me for the next 21 minutes and 11 seconds? The Spirit of God hasn't placed anything in you. Here's the subject matter. Here's the, there's a prophetic undergirding to this for all the apostles, pastors, leaders, for everyone in this house, this time, the net will not break. Do I sound annoyed? I, I'm annoyed. I'm greatly annoyed. This man is a deceiver. This is a bad tree here. This is not good fruit. This is totally twisting God's word. There are things that broke in your life, in your ministry, in your calling, in your destiny, in your family, in your surroundings, in your community, in your nations. There are things that were attempted before that broke for whatever reason, the lack of maturity, the lack of time, the lack of preparation, the lack of resourcing. You did not have the spiritual, the cognitive bandwidth, the capacity to manage the process. You're saying a whole lot of nothing very quickly too. But here's the word of the Lord and he... No, the word of the Lord is what we've read in scripture. This is not a word from the Lord. Affirmed that when I was in my hotel, right there coming back. 
Oh, God affirmed it in your hotel? Let me hear that again. You did not have the spiritual, the cognitive bandwidth, the capacity to manage the process. But here's the word of the Lord, and he affirmed it when I was in my hotel, right there coming back. This Self-affirmation of your so-called word of the Lord affirmed in a hotel. <laughs> was there an aquatic ceremony along with it? Did, uh, did a, a, a tart throw a sword at you from the lake? This time. The net will not break. This is utter nonsense. I'm here to tell you, put a smile on your face. The things that broke before will not break again. This is utter obfuscation and nonsense. You're not saying anything. Somebody repeat after me. This time, the net will not break. You know what? Jesus prophesied that many people would fall for false prophets like this. And it's sad. If you know anybody who attended this conference, believes San Rodriguez is an apostle, plead with them from the word of God. They are deceived. They are deceived. This man is not an apostle of Christ. He is sent by the devil. He is a wolf in sheep's clothing. Now, now here's the story. John chapter 21. A couple of enclosures here. Number one is set the net as your default setting. Your default setting. <laughs> I'm not a net fisherman. What are you talking about? Settings will define your recovery. Here it is. Peter told them, I'm going fishing. You know the story. This is post-resurrection. There is a bit of confusion, a, a bit of chaos within the team. And we have Peter saying, I'm going fishing. And then his disciples, the disciples, will go with you. Which, by the way, speaks of accolades to the idea of charismatic leadership. Peter, what? Peter at this moment had yet to be restored to ministry. This happens just a few verses down. He has yet to be fully restored. That the iconic, do you love me, Peter, is about to take place. Iconic. Mm-hmm. Those details don't seem to matter in how you're handling these texts. You're just using these texts as a pretext for your so-called prophecy, which was confirmed in a hotel room. It has yet to take place. Yet Peter is so charismatic that Peter is offering, I'm going back to doing what I was doing before, before Jesus met me. And the rest of the disciples said, we're going with you. So it's default settings on your smartphone, on your laptop, computer, in your vehicle, in your appliances. We have what is known as default settings. Factory mode, okay. Default settings refer to the original programmed operational sets. If there's a virus, if something crashes, you can always go back. The disciples went back to doing what they were doing before they met Jesus. They went back to their... You do know that Jesus told them to meet him in Galilee, right? Default setting. The disciples went back to doing what they were doing before they met Jesus, earning an income, back to their careers. The disciples went back to doing what they were doing before they met Jesus, and what did they catch? Nothing. And that's the point. No, the point is, is that Peter was restored to ministry. They caught what? They went back and caught what? And this is what happens when we go back. This text has nothing to do with what happens when we go back to our factory default setting. What are you talking about? This is what happens when we go back. You're twisting God's word. You're no apostle of Jesus. 
We can't go back. Individually and corporately, we can't go back. And this obsessive compulsive inclination to say, we want to go back to what we had before COVID. I don't want to go back to what we had before COVID. This has nothing to do with what the world was like before COVID. He's just whipping them up into a frenzy saying nothing. Well, that, that was normal. If that was normal, keep me abnormal. I don't want to go back to that. I want to go, I want to step into something greater, something more powerful. Something oh, you stepped into something, all right. Oh, yeah. You got one foot already in the fires of hell. Something more anointed, something more glorious. There's nothing back there. There's nothing when you go back, nothing when you look back, nothing when you think back, nothing when you speak back, nothing. This has nothing to do with this text. Nothing. When you text back, nothing when you search back, nothing when you Google back, nothing when you swipe back. Ooh. There's nothing back there. There's nothing of any significant value when you go back to what you were doing before you met Jesus. And I would say there's nothing biblically true about what this man is saying. He's a false apostle. He's exactly the kind of person that Jesus warns about in Matthew 7 as well as Matthew 24. This man is a waterless rain crowd, cloud. And the, and the same apostle Peter who Christ restored in, Ma, in John 21 warns us about men like him. Hopefully you found this helpful. If so, all the information on how you can share this video is down below in the description. And until next time, may God richly bless you in the grace and mercy won by Jesus Christ and his vicarious death on the cross for all of your sins. Amen. Mm -hmm.